You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, and today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. I got a special announcement for you. I have been part of the Peak community for almost a year now. And here is the thing. Less than 1% of the marketers become CMOs. And you know what's even harder? Staying a CMO without a high caliber peer network that can help you beat the odds. In Peak community, they build a community around you by creating exclusive events and experiences to help you become one person better each week. So you can get promoted, have an impact, and do the best work of your life. This episode that you're listening to is an example of the conversation that happen literally every single day in the Peak community. So check out. The link is below. If you want to be part of it, it's only for marketers. So make sure you're not a lurker, but someone who want to have an impact and do the best work of your life. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the one and only Demand Gen Summit track at the B2B Sales and Marketing Exchange. I'm Claudia Tarico, editor at Demand Gen Report, and I just wanted to drop in and introduce you all to everything that we have in store for this track and beyond. Uh, so obviously, the medium is a little bit different this year, and I really, really wish that we were able to see everyone uh, in Boston at the lovely Encore Resort, but alas, here we are virtually. But the good thing is, is that our goal remains the same. And that really is to provide you with an awesome experience and some killer content that will help your revenue teams reach their goals in 2021. It's been one hell of a year. Am I right? Come on. There's been so many changes and hurdles faced, uh, but one thing that I've learned from this B2B community is that marketing and sales professionals are resilient and innovative AF. So it's really been inspiring to see this new wave of creativity in the space. Uh, We're all working with what we've got and it's honestly paying off. Uh, Anyway, so we have a really great day of sessions lined up for you. So let me get right into it and give you a little bit of a breakdown of what to expect. First up in this track, we've got ITSMA's Rob Levitt and FireEye's Marlo Fenn taking the virtual stage to look at the five most common mistakes ABM programs make with C-suite initiatives. They're also going to dive into some C-level buyer research, so don't miss that. Right after their session, Sam Juan Glada, who is the VP of Global Marketing at GumGum, is going to take you from IRL to URL. Uh, She'll peel back the curtain of the planning and execution process of GumGum's virtual ABM plan, complete with tactics, tools, and lessons learned. Sam has a really, really awesome story, so definitely don't miss that one. Then we're going to take a quick networking break at 3 p.m., but then we're coming back here for two more sessions to close out the day. So at 3.30, our friends from E2Open um, will take the stage uh, so you could hear all about the six ABM lessons they've learned when they, just like literally everybody else, had to pivot from their current strategy to meet and influence their target market in a really crowded marketplace. They're sharing both the good and the bad. So 
not to be missed. Uh, right after that, our friends at Demand Base are going to talk about how to create open lines of communication to get sales and marketing teams on the same page and build repeatable workflows that really enable SDRs to more effectively build pipeline. Again, awesome, awesome content there. A quick note that, like I mentioned, at 3 p.m. specifically, the networking break, we have time for one-on-one -on -one meetings lined up. So take the time to look at the different networking options that we've got. Uh, that includes our B2BM experts and mentors program. Uh, you could actually reach out to our awesome events team if you have any questions about that. Tell them Claudia sent you. <laughs> Or just feel free to simply browse all of the fantastic tech companies and solution providers we have uh, at SMX as sponsors this year. They've been wonderful to work with, and they've got awesome stuff up their sleeves as well. And then at 4.30, finally, we will close out the day with a stellar keynote from Jeff Davis. Don't forget, this event is really all about you. So take advantage of all of the content and networking as much as you can. Uh, you really have the power to hop in and out of tracks. There's a ton of you know topics being covered, a ton of great speakers. And then, of course, if there is too much to choose from, which, I mean, we get that pretty often, <laughs> these sessions will be available on demand. So you can watch them whenever you'd like, uh, hopefully with a glass of wine or a little bit of beer. <laughs> Thank you again so much for joining us for this reimagined experience of the B2B sales and marketing exchange. Uh, we know that there's likely a lot going on in your world right now and a lot of other virtual events to choose from. So we really, really thank you for being with us at throughout this entire event, whether it's just today, whether it was yesterday or tomorrow as well. Uh, we really hope that you'll be able to take this time to really reset, recharge, and refuel your creativity. In addition to all of the great sessions, there are so many opportunities for you to connect with peers and practitioners and thought leaders. So I hope you all take advantage. But I'm going to stop talking now and let you enjoy all of the great content that we have in store. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to ABM in the C-Suite, Lessons Learned from Five Epic Failures. I'm Rob Levitt, Senior Vice President for Consulting at ITSMA, thrilled to be with my partner in crime here, Marlo Fenney, uh, ABM lead at FireEye. Marlo, welcome. Hey, so good to be here. Thank you, uh, Rob, for including me, and I've been looking forward to doing the session with you since we met uh, you know, at uh, our session uh, last year in Arizona. In Phoenix. And, and Marlo, that is your background, correct? That is my background, indeed. That was one of our sessions that we had there. That was a really fun one. Yep. Oh, my God. That's great. All right. My last trip. <laughs> Maybe yours, too. Many of our last trips. Yes. I know. All right. But we are psyched to be here. And we are going to talk about failures with ABM in the C-suite, but fear not, we're also going to give you some ideas about solutions and success factors to help you. But here's what we're going to talk about. Five epic failures. We're going to bear our souls. We're going to share some examples uh, and then talk about how to turn it around so you guys don't have to go through those. So number one, the dog ate my homework. Number two, dear name, dear Marlowe, here's my generic 100-page white paper. The sales guys, yeah, they'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Uh, the more, the merrier. 
And finally, our solution is awesome. Listen to us. So we've all been there, Marla, right? We've uh, can relate to all of these. APM is all about, you know, cutting edge experimentation, personalization. And if you haven't made some of these mistakes, you're probably not trying hard enough. Yes, exactly. All right. So let's let's just set the stage. First of all, why account-based marketing in the C-suite? So I think in general, and I'm gonna, let me, I'll comment, and typically the way we'll do this, I'll kick off and then, uh, and then Marlo and I will go back and forth. Um, so a couple of quick thoughts here. You know, most of us are doing ABM or have an ABM program or are thinking about account-based marketing. Often it is oriented towards elevating connections and relationships in the C-suite because we know that for a lot of the solutions that we're selling, the decisions are made or at least directed, and certainly the investments are prioritized in the C-suite. And if you look now in the pandemic, this is some recent ITSMA research um, about what are the top business priorities and what are the top technology investments? These are all big deals. These are big investments. The pandemic has accelerated the kinds of business and digital transformation that we're all going through and it's really scrambled everybody's priorities and agendas. And so if we are not connecting to the senior most executives with our clients to really understand what they're focused on, what they're investing, what they've put off till next year or the year after, it's going to be very hard to succeed with our ABM programs. Makes sense, Marlo? And, you know, I'll just amplify your acceleration comment. Um, this is where we see more change faster than it's ever been happening. And the other side of that is look at that opportunistically and think about how agility can be your friend when it comes to ABM. So just because they had these priorities six months ago or even three months ago, they may not have them you know, prioritized the same way now. So make sure that, and this is a precursor to what we're going to talk about later, you know, make sure that you're up to date on which the most important priorities are and, and who owns them. Absolutely yeah, right. Exactly. All right. So let's get into our, uh, our failure stories, uh, bearing our soul. So here's the first one. The dog ate my homework. And, and Marlo, this reminded me of, this goes back some years, but <clears throat> I was very excited. We were doing an executive briefing roadshow going out to some of our biggest clients. I, was at a, I wasn't at ITSMA at the time. And we had a bunch of our top execs. We gathered for a whole day their top execs. We were going to go through our vision, our strategy, our roadmap, how we can change the world together. You know, we're not 20 minutes in to the first presentation. I think it was our CIO and their CIO was in the room and their head of engineering. And he's like, hey, guys, hold on a minute. You know, I love the agenda. We've got, you know, kind of looking forward to this, but we have a huge issue with our current deployment. You guys are three months behind. And until we figure out how to get that back on track, I don't want to hear about your vision for the future. Yeah, there's, there's so much of that. This is, again, one of those, as you do your homework, um, you need to take the qualitative and the quantitative together. And that's one of those that typically doesn't show up in the quantitative. You bet, that means you better also pay attention to the qualitative, right? And, and, you know, another just current example, there's a lot of obviously companies that have been hard hit. And as you go through and look for people to go engage, you know, on, a, on an executive call a few weeks ago, you know, literally a, a, a C-suite roundtable, somebody said, 
you know, we just had to lay off, you know, half of our workforce. So, you, you know, you just got to be really sensitive um, on the qualitative and the quantitative side. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the great things I think we've seen with ABM programs and, and B2B marketing in general over the last six months is there has been this understanding of we need to be very empathetic. We need to appreciate <clears throat> but when we get to the executive level, it's a lot more than that. I mean, we really, you know, time is their most precious commodity. And so if we don't understand in a granular way, what do they care about? What's on their agenda? You know, what are they going to delegate so we don't need to waste their time? You know, what have we done before as, you know, kind of our failure stories That's point right. out, you know, we're, we're going to be in trouble. And so I think the the pandemic has really accentuated this even more because there's so much change and disruption. And so we need to do our homework with getting to the C-suite, not just once, not just once a year, like do a bunch of profiles, but every day. And so structured process, who are the key accounts you're trying to reach? What are the people and the roles in there? How do you segment? Do we have real in-depth understanding that's up to date. And we often are going to need some kind of more structured research support and insight and, and analytics to help us really get that, as you said, Marla, that qualitative as well as the quantitative. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. And this is where you do this homework correctly, and it really enables you to lead with value in exactly as you just said, situations where you have such a short attention span from these executives that, you know, you don't get, you know, three, four or five strikes. You really do have to, to nail it, which means you're better off, you know, holding off until you have better understanding than just trying to throw something out and wasting those opportunities. So there's some balance there to really pay attention to, right? Yeah, no, it's a great point. I think, you know, some of us work for, for brands that may be relatively easy to get a meeting. But if you haven't done your homework, you're certainly not getting the second meeting. That's right. But I think to your point about, you know, sometimes it's better to hold off a little bit and make sure you really know what you're walking into. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to get to these folks with, you know, everyday sort of spam, which I think is the next segue to our. <laughs> exactly. All right. Here's our next epic failure. Dear blank. Here's my generic 100-page white paper. I mean, oh my gosh, I've done a lot of work over the years on thought leadership and content marketing, and I am ashamed to even think about some of the examples here, Marlo, where we just crank out, you know, what is a pretty good report, yep. but it's not relevant or yep. it's not focused on, you know, maybe the key points. It's like we expect them to read War and Peace. And yeah. figure out what's going to be useful for them. Yeah. And, you know, they may very well delegate it to their people, you know, so to speak. But right. it's, um, it, it's really shocking to me how much, um, you know, how many of these tomes do get sent out. And, um, you know, at the very least, and, and we've actually had a lot of success with this. So back to my leading with value point, it's great to lead with value. But you have to be very selective about that value based upon all the other things that we just talked about, about doing your homework, getting the right message to the right person, you know, the right value to the right person. Um, but then you take it one step further and make sure that that's crystallized in a quick summary that really nails it. 
Um, otherwise, you're asking somebody to, again, spend way too much time to parse through something that, again, may be very valuable to their folks. And this is where it starts to get really interesting. You can gain some feedback from your programs by seeing, paying really close attention to when you send an exec something with the you know, summary and then the deeper stuff attached, what's going on behind the scenes. And we've seen some really interesting you know, high-level threat briefings that we do for security purposes. And they will take those reports and, and they get ping pong throughout the organization. And it's a great, you know, so, so you know you've hit a home run when you start to see that yeah. um, you know, level of engagement. But it's the initial teaser that is really short and sweet that enables that. If you try to lead with war and peace, there you just, you know, it's a, it's a click and not even their admin is going to look at it. Well, the other thing here is it's it's the pseudo personalization, right? It's like, dear Marlo, here's my generic hundred page white paper. You know, it's like that's not fooling anybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So here's here's the response: customize and personalize thought leadership. These are the most important people to our ABM program, right? So you may have a core theme, like let's say future customer experience. Take the time, create industry versions, create role-based versions. You know, who are you, are you talking to HR? Are you talking to IT? Are you talking to marketing? ABM is all about personalization. So create versions for individual accounts or maybe clusters of accounts if you're doing a one-to-few ABM program. And so having a structured approach to customization and personalization with modular assets that we have on the right here, you know, executives most of all want to see that you understand their specific business issues. So yeah, maybe customer experience is important, but who are their customers? What kind of systems do they have now? What's in place? Who's responsible for, yeah. you know, modernizing that, all of that. And then, and then it would be in an industry context or role-based content. So Having yeah. a really structured approach. Yeah, Who, who's responsible is a really uh, key one. I just you know would double down on that one. And one little insider trick here, Rob, is go look for the people at this, at, in the C-suite who have received awards, like a JD Power Award. Yeah. There's, there's, they're not on this particular page, but there's a large bank that we worked with where we were very successful engaging the had a digital experience at that bank who had just received some awards and we sort of, you know, decoded what they had been up to and then said, here's how you can secure it. So there's, there's a great way to, you know, try to do some better, more precise mapping so that you, again, lead with the right value to the right person and, and don't end up having to, you know, have things get passed unnecessarily and, and potentially dropped, you know, across your C-suite. No, exactly. And how many times, Milo, have we both had this experience where, you know, you've got actually really good content, you send it out, you hear nothing. And then, you know, weeks later, you get a call and it's like, oh, my God, you know, I, I so-and-so forwarded this report to me. It's really good. Yes. You know, they yes. tune out. The, it's the generic approach as well as the generic content, I think. Absolutely. But then there, then we're also back to the timing thing, right? You may have great content. You may have taken the time to target it to the right people, but it may just, again, be the wrong time. And, and then the other side of that, you know, the, the counterexample, the converse is agility is your friend. And, and we've actually had some good success 
pulling stuff right out of headlines that we know are, you know, going to be of high interest to some of these, again, senior executives. And, and we and we integrate that into our journeys so that it is personalized, it's relevant, and it's also not us pitching them. It's, hey, there's a really interesting article that is, you know, really key to, you know, a care about that you have. And then obviously you take the time to connect the dots between the stuff that they're interested in to really, you know, layer the value on top of that. But a really nice, you know, agility, um, you know, based approach that takes all this into account. So yeah, you got to be quick on your feet though, to do that though. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then, but having a bit of a process to, to work with enables that agility, right? It's like, oh my gosh, we've got an opportunity with a new headline, a new story and a new account. Yep. You know, can we move? All right, so that gets to our next one. You know, the sales guys, oh, they'll figure it out. We're doing all this great marketing work, you know, but they're not taking advantage of it. We're throwing it their way. I mean, oh my God, I, I you know, this, I flash back to this, what I thought was a really good thought leadership campaign that I ran. This was, again, back some years um, around kind of an IoT yeah. approach when this was early days for IoT. And, you know, we were very clearly oriented towards a bunch of key accounts. We created all kinds of really good content, including here's a briefing deck that you can do it with your accounts, right? Mm -hmm. To the sales folks. And nothing happened. And, you know, come to find out, like, they didn't feel comfortable making these presentations. It's like, I'm not an expert. I'm a sales guy. And, and so... You know, we had to then go create the the enablement program, the education program, and bring in other people to like do the briefings with them. I did some of them myself. I mean, you yeah, can't just throw it over the wall. There's a yeah, there's a really interesting component to this when you think about um, vertically based programs too, and it kind of goes back just a minute ago to your research yeah. and leadership stuff. So it's easy to peanut butter, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, key insights from one customer in one vertical to another. And I could go back through the banking example and talk about how different some of the, you know, the, those key banks are. But the point there is, is that there's actually a good way to enable the sales reps without making them feel like they have to have an MBA in finance to go talk to a financial services person, which is the guidance that I've given them. And again, after a hard lessons, right, is... You don't have to understand all the details about any you know, particular vertical that this customer is in. Remember that these reps have you know, 20, sometimes 50 accounts. They can't be you know, that, that detailed. But if you can give them the very specific business initiatives and the who yeah. and map the conversation back to that, and yes, it's going to have some vertical you know, light touch to it, but there's a way to do it that where they feel a lot more comfortable because they don't feel like they have to have you know, all the context in the world, they have to have a little bit of qualitative and a little bit of quantitative to understand the logic and sort of the one, two, three to get there. No, I think that's that's right. And, and you know, the good news and the challenge on this sales enablement front is that, and this is, again, from really hot off the press ITSMA research with senior executive buyers from different industries, we asked them in this case, given the current environment, you know, we're in the midst of this pandemic and disruption and chaos and et cetera, et cetera. What are the three most important things an account manager or a sales rep should be doing for you 
you know, and look at the top three here. They're nothing about product, which is what they're most comfortable with. Educate me on new issues, provide me with unique perspectives, provide advice to help me make the right decisions and avoid landmines. And so if we are not, as marketing, helping equip our, sell, our sellers and the other folks, our own execs, with these kinds of issues and, and, and content so that they can have these kinds of conversations, we're, you know, we're going to miss the opportunity. And, and this is really where the inside out perspective that you as a trusted advisor can help your customers with, um, specifically around what I would say, I call it baselining, right? So I, I know that you guys have done some great research on this, um, you know, over at ITSMA, but that's kind of the, the thing I would bring to the table is to the extent that you have a perspective on the rest of their competitors and their specific business issues. And you can start to do a little bit of compare and contrast. And when I was doing ABM at Cisco, we would do sort of a leader laggard type of approach. Yeah. You know, it, it really helps them understand kind of, you know, where they can make some progress. And of course, that also informs your ability to lead with value for them to help them get there faster, right? And then all the other stuff that you just said, Rob, you know, to me, it just dovetails right into that with, you know, you, you give them advice on the landmines to avoid and, and then, you know, understand the insights from the market that are going to be most relevant to them that they haven't thought of based upon your expertise is where I would connect those dots. And then obviously new issues and, you know, we, I could go on and on about, you know, in the security world, what that looks yeah, like. Yeah. So, yeah. So Milo, I, I got to push you though, because I'm sharing a few of my failures. I think you've shared one or two of yours. You have <laughs> one on this on the sales side here. <laughs> so yeah, on, on the sales side, um, you know, it's, it's so funny because on the, on the, on the failure side, boy, you, you can easily take all of that quantitative that I mentioned earlier yeah. and talk about, you know, kind of throwing it over the wall, right? There are lots and lots of examples of ABM and broad-based marketing where they're throwing spreadsheets out at the field, at the salespeople and going, yeah, have fun with that. Good luck, right? <laughs> right, right. And, and, and a hundred page, the war and pieces over the wall. And exactly. Except, except it's a thousand cells of Excel, right? Right. And it's just so funny and sad, you know, and, and we've all been, you know, involved in this. So we get to laugh about it now. Yeah. But look, if you're, if, if you're not having a one by one account, you know, discussion, you know, all that ABM, but not just that, but if you're not really kind of identifying it, you can't just go out with a basic, you know, set of targets. You really have to get the qualitative and the quantitative side by side. And I know I sound like a broken record, but you know, if you're doing pure you know, data, you, you're going to miss the nuance and sound like a robot. And if you're doing you know, pure, you know, uh, you know, pure qualitative, right. um, you're going to miss you know, some of the data points that are going to help you baseline that are going to you know, make it actionable for your customers. Oh, exactly. All right. Epic failure number four. The more the merrier. So everybody is now excited about executive engagement, bringing ABM to the C-suite. We want to. We we just want to reach out and connect with everybody. You know, and and this brings me to one of um, 
a, a client who shall remain nameless, but you know, I'm in, I'm implicated because I'm working with them, you know, or was working with them. And, you know, they launched this executive engagement program and they said, okay, we're, you know, we're going to roll out a bunch of programs for our top 1500 accounts. And I said, huh, so how many executives are you trying to reach? And number one, they didn't really know. And number two, it's probably 20,000, <laughs> right? And they so, all look exactly the same, right, Rob? Exactly. It's like, they're just these, you know, it's a flock of birds that it's like, okay, well, well, we'll toss out all kinds of thought leadership content. We'll organize a whole bunch of webcasts and, you know, and we'll, we'll organize a bunch of executive roundtables and we'll send invitations out to 20,000 people and hope some of them come. And it's like, you, you know, you're just not going to be successful. And yeah, we and were then, able to work through that. But <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you already know that if somebody's trying to scale at that level and they're trying to make it, um, you know, I, I hate to say even one size fits all, but even one size fits few, yeah. um, they're probably not doing enough listening to get the insights that they need and doing the research. So, um, yeah. I, I don't know, Rob, I think, I think you and I have chatted about this before, but from a engagement standpoint, it, it seems like 10 in terms of event, let's talk about virtual events yeah. for, yep. you know, because it's yep. relevant, right? So, you know, 10 people um, seems to be the right number. And, and just like you, I've had lots and lots of epic failures on events where, you know, there are 50 people in the room and you can hear the crickets in between, you know, right. your sentences. Because nobody's engaged enough to really ask a question. And, and you know, I, I confess this has happened to me even, you know, in the past year, just yep. because, you know, you get in too big a hurry and don't do your homework, you know, back to your other point. So it's, um, it, it's very easy to go into, you know, autopilot mode and, and miss things that will get yeah. you in a situation. So right. if some executive engagement is good, more is better, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, and we know that, and so here's again a little bit from ITSMA research on when we ask executives, what are the kinds of things that they like to do with us as vendors and as solution providers? Lo and behold, it's small, personal, intimate kind of either one-on-one -on -one or small group, like 10 people, as you say, Marlo. It's those kinds of interactions and again, that's where you need to know exactly who you're working with. And if you're bringing 10 people together, it should be a compatible group, right? You can't have direct competitors in the room. Usually, sometimes you can, but you've got to be very, very thoughtful. And, and so go small, you know, <laughs> you know, deeper, more than wider, you know, is, is uh, I think the watchword here. Absolutely. And peer to peer, right? Who are the people yeah. that are like me that are having my problem? And this is where it gets really interesting, Rob, because you talked about, you know, they may not want to have their competitor in the room. And you obviously have to, you know, be careful with confidentiality, not to share too much. But if you go back to that baselining concept I mentioned a moment ago, you, you can use some of those industry insights in interesting ways to, to lead with value. But we certainly have a whole, you know, lineup of our senior execs that are part of our ABM program on a regular basis that, you know, have, you know, sea level to sea level and we facilitate and, and we're sort of, you know, wallflowers, but we obviously set up the questions that are going to, you know, enable that. And, and, you know, you can't record it. You can't have more than a few people in the room. Right. And it, it's just, you know, it's, if, if you're, if you're trying to scale it too far, 
you know, you should ask yourself, is this really going to be meaningful as you dilute that number of participants? Right. And yeah, and actually, you know, ITSMA, we bring competitors together all the time. And so it's a matter of if you build trust, you build relationships, you build confidence, you're having the right kinds of conversations, you can do it. But again, it's not the more the merrier, you know, it's kind of we special few in a way. Um, All right. So let's get to our fifth. We have just a couple of minutes left here, Marlo. Let's get to our fifth epic failure. Our solution is awesome, right? And I think this is particularly tricky with ABM. It is. Because with ABM, we do know a lot about our customers and our prospects, and we're pretty confident that we do have the right solutions for them. Yes. So the real failure here is, is it's the shouting. It's the, we know the answer, We you know, <laughs> right? Yes, it's the not not- and conversely, not listening, right? You can't, you can't listen and shout <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> at the same time, and and of course, the challenge is, and you know, this this reminds me of the uh, the old far side far side cartoon. You know, blah 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 blah, ginger, blah blah blah. That's right. the way that you know, especially the C suite folks are going to hear your pitch if you're so wrapped up in you know, even if you have a great value prof, if it's not personalized to what they understand, value, prioritize, and everything else, it's it's just, it's not going to land and it's just going to come off as so much noise. And once again, you've sort of, you've wasted that opportunity. And, and trust me, I've had more than my fair share of these. And I'll give you a perfect, you know, example back from my Cisco days. So we we had all these um, uh, Cisco Live events where I'd go through and personalize each of the presentations for each of the customers, C-level execs, right, that would come through. And I would be the sort of facilitator. And there was a somebody there on a product management side to, you know, help me with the technical side. And yeah. so I kind of, you know, spin it up and, and then hand it off. And they would give the same product pitch to, you know, CIO number one that they gave the CIO number three and four. And I'm just like, hold on a sec, time out. Yeah. No, and I, I think the, you know, we know, especially in the C-suite, they have to be part of the solution. It has to be a conversation. It has to be a collaboration. So our solution is an awesome. Collaborative innovation is awesome. And we know this from research. We know this from hands-on experience. It's like, even if we do have the right solution, we have to come up with it together. It has to be a collaborative approach. It's the most important thing, ultimately, I think, in building a trusted relationship. So executive engagement is not about, did we get you know, the CIO to download a white paper? It's, are we building a relationship over time of trust, right? It's a real, you know, it's a collaboration. And so when we talk about solutions, it has to be collaboratively developed solutions. And marketing yeah. should, and ABM is in hugely you know, well-positioned to do that. All right, we are like out of time here, Milo. So five quick reminders uh, for ABM in the C-suite. Do your homework every day. Uh, relevance, customize and personalize thought leadership. Stop throwing it over the wall. Uh, prioritize personal and small group engagement. And finally, collaborative innovation is the end game. You guys can download these slides and and go through those. 
Lots more to learn at ITSMA on both ABM and executive engagement and the intersection. Um, great interview with Marlo on uh, our C-Suite Marketing Podcast, so check that out. Brand new research just out, check that out. And with that, I think we're going to have to, Marlo, say over and out. And thank you guys for paying attention and listening. Hopefully a few good nuggets here. Thanks, everybody, and take care. Stay safe. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.